ora. I'm Laura Clark, the British High Commissioner to New Zealand. Welcome to another episode of Tea with the High Commission, the British High Commission's podcast, where we interview a range of interesting people talking about anything and everything, and in the process discover the great connections between the UK and New Zealand. Kia ora. My name is Paris Goddard, and I'm a British diplomat at the High Commission in Wellington. Welcome to our podcast, Tea with the High Commission. Our guest today, via Zoom, is Nat Siver, Vice-Captain of the England Women's Cricket Team. Nat is here in New Zealand to take part in the 2022 Cricket World Cup and, I hope, defend the title that she was a key part of winning back in 2017. Nat made her debut for England in 2013 at the age of 21 and since then has played nearly 180 international matches. She's currently ranked as the second best all-rounder in the world. Only last week, she scored 108 in a warm-up match against Bangladesh. Then, in England's opening game of the World Cup, Nat scored 109 not out and took two wickets and an incredibly close defeat against Australia. Nat also has a connection to us at the Foreign Office, as her mother is our own Julia Longbottom, the British ambassador to Japan. Nat grew up across the globe while on her mother's different postings. Nat, it's a pleasure to have you here for Tea of the High Commission today. Thank you for joining us. Do you have some tea for a start? <laughs> I have actually had a cup of tea, as it happens. Oh, you do? <laughs> what did, I've got Earl Grey here. What do you have? Uh, I've got Yorkshire tea. Is that any good? Or? I, no, I'm a fan of Yorkshire tea. Yeah, I can, I, I can do all of that. That's all right. Oh, good. Um, now, Nat, you've, you've had two successful tours to New Zealand with England before. Um, how's it feel to be back? It's, it is good to be back. I think New Zealand is something we look forward to, whether it's COVID or no COVID, really. Um, and being such a beautiful planet, it's, it's amazing to travel travel the world with basically our mates. <laughs> yeah, it's a good job. Um, and get to explore, yeah, and get to explore those different places. And New Zealand is always very high up the list. Do you have any particularly fond memories from New Zealand uh, from before, whether that's on or off the pitch? Um, yeah, I mean, last year um, we came out as one of our, our first away tour um, during the pandemic and we did our two weeks in quarantine in Christchurch and then flew to Queenstown where we enjoyed freedom, what, uh, <laughs> what it used to be like before the pandemic for the first time. And it was amazing. <laughs> I remember that. I did, so that my, is... uh, I did my quarantine last April coming here for the first time. Yeah. And that first, I think that first brunch I had after being released was yeah. like nothing I'd experienced before. Uh, yeah, it was amazing. I actually felt a bit overwhelmed after a few days because I didn't leave, I didn't stay a moment in my room longer than I had to. So I felt very tired after <laughs> a few days. Okay. Overstimulated, I think. <laughs> When you're in that isolation period and you've got the entire team there with you, how do you maintain that sense of team spirit and togetherness when you're basically separated over a bunch of hotel rooms? Yeah, it's it's a strange thing to do, really. Um, we've had a lot of uh, Zoom hit classes and quizzes and things like that, but I think actually in the New Zealand quarantine, we're being able to get outside and um, even if it is walking, in laps of a courtyard or, or a garden or wherever it is, you can still get that connection with um, your teammates and um, all of the travelling party, really. So I guess as a team, we all look forward to that moment when we could get out the door and get outside, um, you know, even if it was wearing a mask. But that, yeah, 
that togetherness is something that is obviously hard to do when you're not actually physically together or can't say two metres apart. But, um, yeah, we do our best to keep that going. You mentioned that you do hit training and things like that in your room. What kind of other innovations are there that you guys have come up with? Is there an increased focus on the mental side of things? Or have you, developed, have you seen um, Labashane's rubber mat that he's prepared for touring South Asia? For listeners who haven't seen this, he's a he, uh, Labashane Australian batsman. Um, he's gone out and bought a big rubber mat and tied different bits of metal to it. So when his mate flings a ball at it, it comes up at him uh, at different angles. <laughs> Any inventions like that? Um, no, I, I'm not that, um, no, we, I, because, um, my son Catherine, uh, also together, we, we prefer to quarantine together. Mm-hmm. We've been actually lucky to have adjoining rooms. Um, so we had one gym that was, um, the bedroom and then the other gym, uh, the other gym, the other room, sorry, was the gym. And then we could, you know, eat in there and actually put the mattress up against the wall or, um, Use the, they provided us with bikes as well. Um, so you that room as a bit of a mess room, which was nice. Um, but I know a lot of people didn't have that luxury, but I think actually Catherine leg-pressed the, the bed one day. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's as far as we go. <laughs> Are you able to fling cricket balls from balcony to balcony? Mm, well, we, the only one room had a balcony. Otherwise, we could have done some catching <laughs> practice. I mean, that would be the ultimate prep not to drop it <laughs> and once you get out of um isolation and you're back playing um what do you find the biggest challenge uh, to playing under covid conditions um i guess well we've played under quite a lot of different um different slightly different rules here and there like at the start when we arrived overseas um for this trip we, we obviously started in australia um and at that point for a week or so we couldn't be within um within two meters of each other of our teammates which is such a strange thing to do because you're all sort of you're all there you all want to be part of the team and things but then you have to stay two meters away that that connection with each other i think we'd really missed when it wasn't allowed um things like eating eating outdoors or eating indoors even mm. um browsing some shops people like to do a lot of shopping when we're away <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's just just things like i don't know obviously we took them for granted a little bit before the pandemic but then you never knew that they were going to be taken away it's the stuff you <laughs> don't even think about shop doing. And browsing or yeah exactly what were your techniques that the team yeah. came up with for dealing with that two meters apart from each other um, well, luckily that only lasted a week. I don't, it was, yeah, a very strange thing to be doing um, when you're away as a group all together. And we, ha- we had two um, group negative PCRs. Um, but, I mean, there's always different rules here and there. And also we want to do the best that we can do um, for ourselves and for each other in the group because no one wants to isolate by themselves um, and out on things that they would rather be doing, you know, leaving their room and stuff. But, um, yeah, it's been been quite a, a challenging time, really, to be able to keep yourself mm. and your mind fresh whilst still adhering to the rules. 
I've heard some sports people say that the strangest thing for them has been playing matches in front of no crowd and actually being able to hear yeah. the noise of the game. Yeah, yeah, it is, it is very quiet. Although, I mean, our crowds quickly didn't make loads of noise beforehand. So it probably wouldn't have been as big a difference. But it has people, you don't realise until there was no one there that actually people watching um, means a lot to you when you're playing, especially you know, friends and family mm. that would, would come and watch regularly. And now that you're here in New Zealand, you've got some group games especially lined up in some fantastic spots around the country. Um, I hope to be there in Wellington to see you play Bangladesh, if I can get in. Um, is there a Kiwi ground yeah. that you're most looking forward to playing at? Um, yes. It is it is for the ground sort of, but it's for the place. It's is in Mount Monganui in Toranga, um, which is the place we visited in uh, was it two thousand and fourteen when, when mm-hmm. my first trip over, and yeah, it's just it it's such a great feel. It feels a bit like a holiday, mm. <laughs> not that obviously we're not there for a holiday, um, but it yeah, it's got quite a relaxed feel. There's the beach and then there's you know, there's cafes and, and shops all down the the high street and it was just a really enjoyable place. It really stuck with me for my first trip, so I'm looking forward to going back. And during a World Cup when you're playing games uh, kind of every few days, I imagine there's quite a significant training regime and you're flying around the country anyway. Um, how much do you get to enjoy the travel and the places that you get to visit? Yeah, it's, it's something that... Um, I think we've sort of missed a bit during the pandemic. We we get to travel around uh, to different countries that you might never go to if you hadn't played cricket, but also different cities or, or different places. So getting around and seeing um, seeing different things and seeing different cultures is really important to mm. us. And that's a, a great way to take your mind off cricket and try and relax and um, refresh. So actually a lot of the girls brought their golf clubs including me with them um on this trip so we have gone to some brilliant golf courses uh, um which probably yeah uh, probably yeah we've had a lot of uptake um during the pandemic for uh, on the tour um usually there was three or four of us i think um but now there's seven or eight who are really keen and yeah getting to go around different places and see see different courses i mean you, don't, you can't go far wrong with Jack's Point in Queenstown, which um, we played at a couple of times because whilst we're there, why not? <laughs> but just but just being able to see the, the different scenery from a different angle, different, brilliant. Where do you rank amongst the team in terms of golfing? Um, uh, uh, probably, probably mid to higher range, oh, I'd yeah. say. <laughs> I, I mean, I might be rating myself a bit there, but um, yeah, there's some some inconsistencies. Obviously, when you're trying to perfect your your cricket backswing and your golf swing, it's quite difficult to do both at the same time. <laughs> and you mentioned you mentioned there uh, traveling around and uh, experiencing many different cultures. Now, you you were born in Japan, as I mentioned at the start. Um, and you spent time living in Poland and the Netherlands growing up. Um, do you think that international upbringing 
help prepare you in any way for life as a globe-trotting professional cricketer? Sure, it's got to. I don't... It's funny, looking back on those times, I, I never thought anything was, like, abnormal. Mm. I just thought it, the way that we were living... Um, yeah, did, I mean, not many things phased me, to be fair, but it it didn't really. Um, obviously, moving to different schools and trying to fit in with a um, different group of people was probably made easier by joining sports teams for me and, um, yeah, I guess socialising in that way. So I, I guess that's why I never really felt like I was missing out on anything or not making friends here or there but yeah the different places that we got to see and traveling around in each country was was brilliant and you always come home and it's funny i always remember going to jd sports as soon as we got over to england because i don't know i don't know why quality of the sports shops in these other countries were was lower than jd sports of all things but it was spent like hours in there having a great time because um, I'm a sportsman my sister on the other hand was like can we leave now um, but yeah it just it, it did just feel very normal um, and yeah, I wouldn't, wouldn't have changed it for our New Zealand listeners JD Sports is the English equivalent of Rebel Sports I'd say um, so when, when, <laughs> when you used to go to JD Sports, what was the what was it that you were attracted to? Because I understand you're also a fantastic football and tennis player growing up. Yeah, it would be hopefully a new pair of football boots, I'd say, but also the the tracky bottoms, just the just the comfortable staple wear <laughs> that you wear around the home, and then you could wear them to football training or or whatever. Um, but yeah, that was what I was going in for. And do you think joining those different sports teams in those different countries growing up it helped you to make friends in different cultures? Because I think sport kind of transcends languages. It transcends so many of the differences we have between each other. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I played on boys' teams or in Poland. I was When I was around 13, I played on like the senior women's side of football. <laughs> but, I mean, football is the same in every country, isn't it? And that's how... I guess that's how I learnt to socialise with teams by getting getting along um, in a sporting way as well. So, yeah, I mean, it's definitely helped me be competitive and have the drive to do better, but also recognise that team sports is, is obviously a very sociable thing to do. And that's, well, that's my main friendship group, really, mm. um, the girls in the team. And what was it that led you to focus on cricket? It was the, the social aspect, actually. Um, I was uh, When I was at school, we had uh, Saturday school and I also played football in the winter and then cricket in the summer outside of school. So I didn't really have a day off during the week and I think it just came much. So I, I wanted to choose one and at the time I was... Um, I guess the girls at the cricket club were... Um, I guess I had more friends in that team and just the, the enjoyment of being being at the club and, and spending, you know, your Sunday afternoon or morning or whatever it was with that group of girls was more appealing to me. So, um, yeah, I had more friends, so that was it. <laughs> yeah. I think cricket as well is a sport where you spend so much time with your teammates that it's really important you get on. Um, but it's also a sport... Yeah, exactly. I was, 
it's also a sport where you spend a lot of time with the opposition. Do you, again, like on a World Cup circuit, get to spend much time with your uh, your opposition? Yeah, I think I think without um, COVID, we would be spending more time as as different. Um, but even playing um, playing in domestic competitions around the world, you get to know a lot of people, and um, yeah, I think that. That is, that is a very social aspect. Obviously, cricket, you can spend seven hours together, but no one's gone out onto the pitch. Everyone's just chatting on the sideline, mm. watching your team bat in a test match or whatever it is. But, um, yeah, when without the pandemic, we have been, obviously, at the end of a tour when um, when the cricket's finished and, you know, you can stop being opposition and you can be... Um, yeah, equals a little bit. And, yeah, that's a nice thing about cricket, I think. Will you be able to spend any time in New Zealand at the end of the tournament? Do you have time to hang on here? Um, I think there are a few people in the group who are staying, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to be going home um, just because we've spent, well, we'll have spent a long time away and it'll be nice to be at home for a bit. Um, mm. But also I've got a wedding to prepare for. Of course, yeah. <laughs> Huge and congratulations. Because <laughs> this has been, yeah. uh, it's been some time in the making, hasn't it? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I think it was it's three and a bit years now wow. since we got engaged. So um, I don't know if that's long thought in average for everyone, but um, yeah, we were planning on getting married a year and a half ago. So yeah, it's time. It definitely is time. I'm um I'm also getting I'm travelling back to the UK in May to get married. Um, but we we've only been engaged since. Uh, about September 20, so we're coming up to 18 months, so not quite as long okay. as you. Yeah, <laughs> well, that'll be good. That'll be good to get back in it, get the knot tied. Yeah, too right. Um, so uh, you and your fiancé, I thought it was really nice when I was watching uh, the match against Australia the other day, um, you were both batting together for quite a considerable part of the innings, which is uh, um, it's quite unusual that you get to uh, share your, your, your job with your other half. Um, does that create complications as well as kind of the nice parts of it? Um, we try not, not to let it to, to create any complications, really. Um, being being together in a team could, if you know, if things didn't go so well, it could be quite detrimental to mm-hmm. the team. So we try to keep keep everything away from that and um, just focus on cricket whilst we're at cricket, really. Um, but yeah, it was nice be out there in the middle with Catherine um, when I did get to three focus the other night but also I did head back or like I shoulder barged her head <laughs> she got she, she got really mad at me because she says it's not the first time it's happened Jenny Gunn actually like fist, she like did a fist pump in the air her fist connected with Catherine's grill so <laughs> she has had previous with it <laughs> so she did tell me after that um, and I was going to ask um Last time you were here in New Zealand, just last year, um, you captained the side for the first time. Um, is that something we might see more of in the future? Yeah, I hope so. Um, but hopefully it's not when Heather's injured. Um, hopefully Heather's happily retired and um, yeah, enjoying something else in life. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd love to leave my country in the future and um, yeah, hopefully in the position I am now and currently vice-captain I can learn a lot of, of Heather and um, 
Fantastic. Well, it, it, that'd be an absolute honour, wouldn't it, to lead your country uh, for a longer stint? And, uh, Absolutely. Yeah. I've got to say also, it's been a real honour um, being able to speak to you, Nat. Um, I think we're approaching the end of our time here, so I just want to wrap up by saying everyone here at the High Commission is going to be cheering you and the team along the entire way. So um, here's to a few more silver centuries, I think. Absolutely. Thank you very much. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a review as it helps others find us. And remember, you can subscribe to us by searching for Tea with the High Commission on iTunes or Spotify. Thank you. Kakiti anō.